This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Kurt, what should be our secret word for today? How about clout? <laughs> okay, yes, people should listen for that one. Welcome, everyone. Today's guest is Kurt Clopton. I've been very, very excited to have you on the show. Uh, Kurt lives in Wisconsin. He wrote a couple of books. He's made some art in various forms, drives his kids around, and occasionally fixes things that have broken. Uh, Kurt is the author of Super Guy and Super Guy 2, Electric Boogaloo, and they are very funny books, so I've been excited to have him on, but also I've been excited to have you on because of your idea about these costumes we are wearing. So tell everybody about your costume. Well, I am wearing almost a collage of costumes, really. I had to clean out uh, some rooms because of a son going off to college. And in the top drawer of one of the dressers, I found a collection of all the old Halloween costumes he had. And none of them obviously fit me. So I had to do some work and combine them. And so I have basically spider-man the original color on one leg and spider-man the black color on the other leg and then i have captain america on one half of my upper body and iron man on the other half and with the mask i went for master chief from halo and um really it's it, it works pretty well it's it's a bit tight i can't feel anything below my waist yeah. um i don't I don't know if this goes on too long, if I'll have to go to the bathroom, but at least right now I can't tell if I may have already gone to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's where I'm at. But I, I, I do have some burning sensation in my ear because the Master Chief mask is really tight. Yes. Yes. I thought this was such a great idea and I was very excited uh, and I did not make the necessary alterations either. So I, I, I found my son's old costumes as well. Our sons are the same age. Uh, and so the same kind of era. And this, I think also says something about our parenting that, uh, you know, our, 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 our guys are into the same stuff. So I've got Spider-Man and Wolverine too. I've got a Nazgul. Uh, there was a Vader year. So I've got half a Vader mask. Uh, and then, he wore a Mandalorian costume to Comic-Con. And so that one almost fits because it's from when he was older. Um, but the uh, the Wolverine was clearly from when he was four. And that is really uncomfortable right now. Like that is, I am, yeah. So we'll, we'll just see how this goes. It, it's good for my abs right now because I'm having to suck in because it's like holding me in. But uh, at some point I'm, you know, this, this girdle of Wolverine is going to... Uh, I, it may burst through and, you know, we'll have like a, a, a whole, a, a very different kind of show. <laughs> I'll just see, I'll just see you fall over out of yes. the frame and that'll be yes. it. Okay. Pass, uh, the fainting couch here in the study. <laughs> um, so, uh, so 
you are a fan of bad movies. So what has been a, a, a bad movie? What, what got you into bad movies? And what have you been catching up on lately? Well, I would listen. There are a couple of podcasts. Well, okay, we could go back to the original Mystery Science Theater 3000, which, of course, was watching bad movies and talking at the screen. But there's also a couple podcasts that do it as well. But how did this get made is one of them. And I would I'll listen to that sometimes and I'll be, you know, and they'll, they'll do movies you've never heard of, of course. Uh, Velocipastor, maybe you've heard of that. Um, but uh, they'll do ones that are mainstream, like Superman four or something like that, that you don't you don't necessarily think a lot about or or whatever, but they really bring up interesting ideas about why did they go ahead and do this. So uh, just a friend of mine and I we started watching them and then uh, started with, you know, Steven Seagal, uh, most importantly, more recent Steven Seagal, where he is barely in the movie. He's like in three scenes and <laughs> the whole thing's disjointed because they have all these other actors doing the real movie and then he's in and it doesn't make any sense. It's uh, it's really good stuff. And uh, I even we even pulled in a third friend. So now we torture him, too. But it's a variety of things. It's not always a bad movie. We've tried to make some adjustments like, OK, this time let's watch what's considered a classic and we'll decide, well, is this really a classic? And, you know, some of them turn out to be good. Some of them, not so much. Well, and once you get in the habit of the banter, then you're watching a classic and you find yourself still making fun of it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's a classic, you definitely notice things that, oh, well, they never do that nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always remember Casablanca. There's this. There's a scene where they're watching supposedly one of those planes taking off that, you know, symbolized this escape for all these people. But it's so obviously a bad model that's barely moving and, and the people are supposed to be watching it and it's moving along this like that thing's not going to stay in the air if it doesn't yeah. get going faster yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to recommend another podcast on this podcast that is much better but if folks like bad movies uh the flop house is a hilarious bad movie podcast and we had elliot kalen one of the hosts on this oh, show really? one time it's very very funny they don't watch the show live you know live during the recording the, each of the guys watches the show sometimes together sometimes separately and then they just get together and dissect it and they're just i mean a couple of them are writers for the daily show or former writers for the daily show they're oh wow very, very funny and uh yeah and so it's uh that that's a that's a that's a good one you would enjoy the flop house and they do, you know, like the bad Nick Cage movies are, are some favorites. Which some might, you know, have a hard time finding the good ones. <laughs> yes, yes, but I mean, he's got some where you're like, he clearly just needed money and was willing to do this movie <laughs> yeah. that makes no sense for him to be in. Uh, the, the closest I ever got to doing that was uh, uh, Crystal and I, she convinced me. She was shocked that I had not seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh. And so we did a, a binge of all of them straight through and I like live tweeted them. And oh my gosh. <laughs> at the end, I did a roll up and just reading it is, I mean, you know, like, and now they're defying the laws of physics again. Like this car is flying and then manages to perfectly land on its four wheels and continue down the road. Like it is, yeah, that, that, that's a fun one to, to break down where, you, you know, you think, oh, these were monstrous hits. These made tons of money. Yeah. 
they're real garbage. <laughs> and yeah, and in the beginning they were normal people, yes. and now they punch holes in concrete walls. Yes, yes, <laughs> they're superheroes. Um, <laughs> absolute super, and and that's kind of the fun of it is they've left physics and and reality behind, <laughs> and uh, and so they are fun to watch in sequence to just go, and they just gave up on having this be in any way realistic, and it became yeah. a cartoon, and it's a fun cartoon, but you to, you know, when you're watching them in sequence, you're like wow they they you know they figured out what worked and they leaned into it so and they the how did this get made podcast will actually does those when when a new one comes out they will watch it in the theater and then they'll come right in and do the podcast for it because they uh they love to do those yeah, yeah they're they're great to that i mean you know what why is this person punching this person it's never been made clear they were a good guy at one point and now they're a bad guy and that's just okay we're like oh yeah then they, they need some punching like, and everyone who was a bad guy is now a good guy. <laughs> right. Once you've been on the show long enough, you are now, you know, part of the the universe, and you must become a hero. And if or you died, world. that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> they come back well, and I think it does. You know, for for us as comic book fans, it feels very comic booky in that way. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah. you know, the, this character was introduced as a villain. Don't worry, they'll become a hero. Then they'll become part of the super group. Then they'll die. Then they'll come back. That's fine. That's you know that that's yeah. that's normal Marvel kind of uh, <laughs> you know trajectory um or soap opera yeah yeah you, yeah soap opera you get you can, those people can come back doesn't matter if they die yeah so <laughs> it's a show this is a show about uh procrastination what has been keeping you from your writing this you know lately um you know it's kind of funny because i do play a little bit of you know I don't write consistently. I'm 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 horrible about that. I'm sure the the writers that write every day and go, live by that hate me, but I won't write. I don't write at all unless I have something to write. So if I'm writing a book, I'll write regularly. If I don't, I I haven't written in six months yeah. right now. But uh, if uh, I have anything that's going on right now, it's probably the uh, playing a guitar a little bit more often. I have a I play with a group. We could call it a band. We don't play out or anything. We just get together and we have set lists of songs. We learn new songs and we just play through that stuff. And that's our enjoyment. Um, we don't currently have anyone who wants to become a rock star, but uh, that's always, that's the dynamics of being in a group like this is very weird because you'll have people who will be in it and they'll be okay with just getting together and playing and stuff until they're not where they yeah. want to, they want to go out and play because they want to be a rock star, you know, and they, they want that high. And I don't really care about that. I, I'm perfectly happy. Let's take this song and let's try to make it as perfect as we can with everyone playing all these, the parts that are supposed to be played, et cetera. And, or, you know, part of it is if there's six instruments in the song, there's only four of us. There's only yeah. so much we can do. So, yeah, we, so we don't what have kind of any. Stuff do you, what, what kind of you know music do you find yourself coming back to? Uh, we do quite a variety and, and it becomes interesting when you get new people in because we have people who they'll bring a new song or, or whatever. And so we do more we could do older stuff we do a couple beatles songs we do 80s stuff with uh the cars or um we've 
toiled a little bit with Duran Duran, but you know, when whenever you get into synthesizers, we've just got somebody in who can do that. So we're moving in that direction, but we haven't quite started whole, wholesale yet. Uh, Tears for Fears a little bit. Um, and then we go up through uh, Foo Fighters and Green Day and Better Than Ezra, you know, more more recent bands and, and that sort of thing. Not anything super recent, although, you know, Foo Fighters obviously still put out stuff, uh, as does Tears for Fears for that. Right, writer. right. And Better Than Ezra is an underrated band. They're really, really uh, yeah. some great songs. Um, so, and then, you know, and just now this last time we, we threw out some real random stuff like, uh, Beach Boys were putting in, uh, Huey Lewis in the news. We're going to throw one of those in. And, uh, I can't remember what the third one was, but also, uh, just another, you know, first one that we've just gotten out of nowhere. So it's it's kind of fun because I, I obviously learn something if I've never, you know, I'm familiar with those songs that we're going to do, but I've not sat down, learned them. And I I actually sing most of the time uh, because no one else wants to. <laughs> but uh, so then I have to learn to do that as well. And you know, you get into a Beach Boys song, you have to decide, well, am I going to try the falsetto? Or right. Not? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and do you find yourself going, you know, it, it is it is fine for us to be doing our own kind of variation on this and making it our own? Or are you trying to make it sound like the original or how do you kind of strike that balance? It's it's kind of an ability thing. It really is. I mean, that none of us i don't think any of us would say we were fantastic musicians or singers like i'm not going to be throwing out you know kiss by prince that's just not going to yeah. happen um but you know we can get by if we stay in ranges and stuff but you know when you gets to real complicated guitar solos uh that might be a little above our pay grade some we you know some we we pull off some we just either uh, like recently we had one and it's it's a, it's hard to follow because it has a lot of uh, distortion and wah on it, which makes it really hard to tell just what he's playing. And it's it, it's not a well-known band, so you can't just go out on the Internet and find it Yeah, like you can with a lot of stuff. So I ended up just making up a solo that in the same key roughly fits it and it's good enough and since it's not a well-known band no one will know it's not the right thing right right. <laughs> yes. yeah that well and that i think that simplifying is legitimate like hey this is our version you know and, yeah you know and you and you kind of once you start doing this and realizing that and then you see other people playing out and you go oh well i just saw some guys playing an acoustic version of uh of a beatles song get back and they you know i saw that well they're not playing this particular the riffs on this part and the solo on this part so they're just leaving all that out and they sound fine so right. it's like obviously you can do it so it yeah. just depends on what you want to throw into it yeah and so uh, you know is it just kind of you know jam practice or you know is there any kind of performance uh you know that, that comes of it for for friends and family um it's just a jam 
practice. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone would want to come and, and, <laughs> and listen and watch. I mean, they'd be, you know, we don't care. They certainly can. We've had, you know, one or two people sitting around listening when we've done it before, but we've never, it's never been a performance thing, but yeah. uh, maybe someday we'll open it up and say, Hey, sure. You know, if you want to come out and we, there's always talk about yeah. playing in someone's backyard or right. this yeah. or that. But uh, right now we're, we practice in a basement and it doesn't really work well for that. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, it might, you never know. It might be best left in the basement. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the variation on the garage band, the basement band. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, what has been grabbing your attention in terms of news? What's been going on in the world that uh, that's been taking you away, taking your attention away this last week? Well, especially in the last week or so, I've been doing a lot of watching of soccer because the Women's World Cup has happened and is ongoing. In fact, what, three o'clock tomorrow morning, my time or so-ish is the the final or maybe it's five o'clock in the morning. Is it Australia? Did they get in? No, they, uh, they, they played... Early this morning in the third place match, they lost to Sweden two, oh, okay. two to zero. Uh, it's England and Spain in the final. Uh, early in the morning tomorrow morning. If and do you have a do you have a preference? Uh, you know, probably England, uh, just because I lived there for a while, and um, you know, a little for, familiar, more familiar with that team than Spain. So. Yeah. That yeah. would be about the only real reason. And will you watch it live? Will you, you know, or will you? Oh, wait gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I will just get up and watch it uh, on my YouTube TV once I get up and get around to it. Otherwise, the uh, the Premier League started, which is the English top flight league. Wow. And I think I said I lived in England for a year in college. And um I lived in Nottingham and I went to one game there. They had the time had a team in that top league. Uh, they since then went down and it's been 24 years or so till last season when they actually got promoted again to be in the top league. So I've been watching them cause I can actually see them now play. Yeah. And, um, and I, at the same time, I watch Liverpool, who was the team I adopted since I could never yeah. watch Nottingham. I had to pick another team to watch because, you know, they don't show the level below. So, yeah. So, you, but you've got, yeah, so you've got Liverpool to, you know, to, to, to boost. Well, now you've got two if they're both in, you know, you could, you could end up with conflicted loyalties. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really two different worlds. I mean, yeah. even though they're in the same league, it's like there's a top top six teams that realistically could win the league. And then there's the bottom who just, if you can get to the point where you're comfortable staying in the top flight, then you're good. Yeah. But if you get down into that zone where you can drop down every year and always fighting to stay alive, I mean, it's exciting uh for i mean if if we did that in some way over here it makes the whole league more interesting instead of you know your football team being 
one in 15 or one in 16 and that's just all there is to it yeah uh, and but yet, if they so have they to fight play. to stay alive it's a whole different thing yeah 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 that is that is you know i i'm, I'm thinking about some of the i'm a big nba fan and i'm thinking about what would happen if some of these teams that are perennially terrible were like you may cease to exist you're gonna now go down to the, the g league because you're so bad you know sorry you know then yeah. they've devised all these systems to try and make sure no team stays awful forever you know uh so they get the, the best draft picks and that kind of stuff but uh yeah that it, it is interesting when they're fighting for their lives in a different way rather than you know they're you know go these some of these guys are going i i if if we get knocked out earlier i get to go on vacation sooner yeah <laughs> because we yeah. suck you know well and then and then it's it's of course of course it's all about money too they don't have a cap in soccer so oh. those top six teams can right. spend as much as they want and yes i mean they have players sitting on the bench who are paid so you know more than like half of these lower tier team you know half the team in another yeah did you hear about this guy i'm trying to remember the guy's name who just got picked up by uh the saudi team for i believe it was 300 million dollars to buy him out plus his salary he was the highest paid uh uh uh, athlete uh, probably, well, it's probably Neymar from PSG. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, and so there were NBA players saying, maybe I like tweeting out, like, maybe I should take up soccer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> guys who make a hundred million bucks going, this is nothing on this guy. He made 300 million to be purchased, to be bought out, plus his salary, I think is going to be like 700 million. I mean, the guy's going to make like a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing crazy. how much, well, and it's, it's amazing how much money they should just, the basketball players should convince the Saudis to create a basketball league. <laughs> Just yeah, do it that yeah. way. I mean, it, it is, and it, it's, you know, these are sums of money I cannot comprehend, you know? like Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's the, the amount of money they throw around is ridiculous. And there's, I mean, you could go into the weeds on what teams are kind of, there's a, you know, punchline that, uh, that Chelsea bought yet another person for 120 million. Well, they, <sighs> do that every two seconds yeah. <laughs> it's just yep. they throw money around it's crazy yeah. and somebody's doing the math and saying this works like we will then be you know this much more competitive and sell this many more jerseys and tickets yeah. and it makes us money and i'm going that per- that individual is going to make you that much money like it's wild yeah and that's the thing is like you'll everyone will now buy his jersey yeah. the saudi jersey and they'll sell you know who knows how many of those and well and how many you know and and box seat for you know billionaires to sit in and do business like you know there's so many other revenue streams oh, yeah. that really are you know be, it becomes about something very much other than the sport you know but oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh that so that that has been yeah i've got a friend who's a big soccer you know I mean, plays weekly, uh, and and when World Cup happens, he watches live, and that means if it's you know the game starts at two a.m. and he's, he's a teacher watching. and he's still <laughs> like, sorry, it's World Cup. <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. He comes in, he's just so exhausted during World Cup, but he loves it, you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 time zones. I mean, even you know a, a late NBA game, and I'm like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> this is you know and i'm on the west coast which is nice for uh for sports in the united states like well it, games aren't that late yeah it's interesting because i 
I have no problem watching soccer games. I love the fact, you know, if they go 45 plus minutes, no commercials. Yeah. It doesn't go to commercial. And then you come back for the second half, same thing. It's like so much better than basketball and and football. I mean, when I watch a football game here, I never watch it live. I let it no go about way. 45 minutes ahead and then I start watching so I can go through the commercials. It's well, just... that, that was how I, when I was, you know, big on watching football, I, my brother's a huge football fan. And so he and I would talk like every you know week about uh, football, but what made it fun for me was seeing how short I could make it with the TiVo. Like, yeah. you know, can I fast forward between the actual plays and <laughs> cause it to the, you know, to the, to, to, you know, I mean, it, it, you can make a, a football game very, very short. <laughs> well, the, the, the basketball, well, and of course they did, you know, baseball, they do the hurry up thing. I haven't watched baseball in years. And this is the thing is like, I played baseball and basketball in high school and I played it in college and it's... <laughs> I cannot watch baseball. And oh no! I don't. I, Baseball's I don't not think... a bad nap. I mean, if you want to take, baseball, <laughs> it's great for that. You see the first inning, you see the last inning, you slept through the middle, and you still basically understand what happened. Like, yeah, and I know they've even they've even sped it up, but I'm still not interested. But uh, the and and basketball, I like a a little bit more, except I just can't do it because it's just too many commercials. I I I remember a while back, I stopped. I'm flipping channels. I see, oh, here's a game. It's two good teams. Maybe Maybe I'll watch this. There's 30 seconds left. Let's, or maybe it was like two minutes. And I thought, okay, let's see. I'll watch the end of this game. I, and LeBron was playing in one of the games in, in, in this game. And it's like, it was like, okay, they go down. Oh, there's a, there's a shot and a foul. Okay. Oh, we're going to a timeout. All right. Yep. And come back. And then it's like, we shoot one free throw. And I don't know how they managed, but it seemed like somebody took another timeout between the free throws and <laughs> we were at commercial again. And then, and then they came back and they shot the free throw, went down and another out of play and they were going to a commercial again. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, so slow. I just like two minutes and I, and I look at it and I'm like minute 40 and I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm done. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll say to the family, I mean, nobody else in my household is basketball fans and they'll be like, how much longer is this game going to be on? And I'm like, well, there's only 30 seconds left. And inside I'm going, and that's 20 minutes. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, that's uh, the, the, yeah. The last 30 seconds can really be slowed down. Um, and, and sometimes pointlessly you're like, this team is up by six. There's, oh, yeah. you know, there's 10 seconds left. Why call the time? Let it go. You know? Yeah. And it's, I, I know there's other pressures, you know, the coach is going, somebody's going to think that I gave up the game. Yeah. Give up the game. Like give up the game. You know, game's actually over. Just yeah, just... the odds that you're going to come back and, and, you know, yes, it is statistically possible, but do we have to watch that unlikely occurrence? Like, yeah. Oh, I've got a, you can edit this part out. <laughs> sure. Yep. My, my, my dog. Yep. Evie, I, I, if I lock it, if I close the door, Evie will be sitting just outside in the hall. Uh, you know, very, very sad. Uh, and yeah, if I just open the door, she's, she's been in here. You may yeah. have heard her snoring. Yeah, I, I saw her and she's, I'm just thinking, wow, that's a nice quiet dog just sleeping there. And then mine's outside the door barking and barking. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, I, you know, my I know my wife must have left, so that means I'm the only one in the house. So then, yes, yes, and then, the dog is lonely. <laughs> the dog needs me, and I'm not doing anything. And now I, he'll find dog, interesting, yeah, and he'll be fine. He'll just be like, "What? Now, now I'm in the the space with you. Everything's fine." Yeah. 
until someone until he hears a noise and then he'll walk yes. out of the space yeah, exactly. <laughs> i changed my mind um, you are you are no longer interesting yeah. enough let's go <laughs> you have ceased to entertain me yeah. <laughs> um so uh uh next section role playing so the point of the show is to help readers get to know you if you were a character in a role-playing game, so not who would you play, but you yourself, if Kurt Clopton were in a role-playing game, what would be your race and class? Um, Boy, I, I definitely would go the archery route. I'm always a fan of, always have been a fan in any of these situations. I want to get some shots off before they get close. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's whittle them down a little bit if we can, or if I don't ever have to get close to them. Fantastic. Yeah. So, and then uh, back in the day, I know I would always go like a, a half elf. So I get some dexterity bonuses and for that archery and uh, a wood elf to throw in there too to get those extra bonuses if i if if they still exist i know since i played there's been some changes in the game so uh, you know i don't even know if all of these things exist anymore or all the bonuses exist but uh, yeah and i do end up you in like a you know a lot of times there's a generic fighter because i wanted to be able to you know, be able to use swords when things yes. get close when it when it comes to that. But like a thief, or maybe some additional stuff there, or a ranger, or something like that. But I never played like a magic user or or anything too unusual. Bard, nothing, nothing along those lines. Yeah. So now you've been ambushed. Three level one goblins uh, jump out of the, uh, you know, out of, out of the woods. What do you do? Well, hopefully I win my initiative. And if I do, I run away. No, um, no, I obviously I do my my philosophy of trying to get a shot or two off. And if I can take them out at a distance, that's great. And if they get close, then hopefully I'm good enough with the sword to handle the rest of the situation. Yes, I, um, my son and I, when we play like halo that kind of thing we have we are a really really good pair because i would rather hang back and like i'll literally run backwards and strafe and shoot you know and he charges straight ahead and that's <laughs> his style like he he'll even like leap over the characters and backstab and i think in in four you can backstab and so he'll he's jumping around backstabbing these characters as i'm running backwards uh, you know that's <laughs> and it's you know it's it's teamwork it works really well for us you know yeah I'll, absolutely yeah so yes i'm absolutely with you on that uh okay well we're gonna go to our ad break and when we come back i'm gonna ask you what you've been daydreaming about all right today's episode is brought to you by the all-new merch store at notapipepublishing.com of course the site has books and books and more books but we also have merch like t-shirts and hats and art prints my apologies to YouTube viewers, but podcast listeners, imagine a far more handsome t-shirt model telling you, I just got this new shirt, which shows a ghost saying, boo is Latin for I shout. Seriously, look it up. You're welcome. We have hats with the logo from Unrelenting by Jesse Hennard and Marie Parks, the logo from our Stories Within Anthology, and stickers that show Justice Sotomayor saying, 
respectfully I dissent with the respectfully crossed out because she chose to omit that in her response to the court's recent homophobic ruling. And there are art prints by Michaela Thorne, the artist and author of Tooth and Claw. Check out all the great merch at the store and use the code SHOWFAN for 10% off your entire order. All that's in the show notes. Also, we're always on the lookout for great guests and advertisers. So if you have a book or other product to sell and you're looking for a group of the most intelligent, witty, discerning readers, let us help you make that connection. Our ad rates are as low as 15 bucks and guests will never pay to be on the show. Right, Doug? We, we agreed on that. We only have guests we want to talk to. Some jerk offers us a billion dollars to be on the show. No way. Take a hike. Keep your billion, Elon. Stuff it in a pillow and hug it and cry because you're not cool enough to be on this show. Them's the breaks. You too, J.K. Rowling. Get your hateful, racist, transphobic ass out of here. You can't buy an empathetic soul with that billion dollars, and it won't get you on this show either. The rest of you, make Writers Not Writing a part of your marketing plan today. Uh, welcome back, everybody. So, Kurt, what's something you've been daydreaming about lately? Well, I I mean, this, this has a slight um connection to uh to writing because i have i have written some of a, a more of a mystery thriller book although light on the mystery and thriller um just a type of thing I, i've started writing it but i'm using a character who lives on a boat which gets me into all these looking at all these different types of boats and so i just have gotten really interested in in what they can do in a very small amount of space and this led me into like well you can get motorhomes like this too so let's look at what they do with motorhomes that are you know little just a little bigger than a van but they have a bathroom and a queen bed and all this stuff in them and i'm just amazed at all these things they get in there and i found you know the boat i was using as an example is like almost 60 feet so it's a it's a it's a yacht yeah uh, it's nice but you know we're talking like a, a master bedroom and a guest bedroom and then like a little bunk room as well so you can sleep like six people comfortably and all these and then and that's just the lower deck and then the upper deck has a you know really nice living room type of thing and a kitchen and then it that that because of the way they build them has you know glass walls that move and spread out into a deck and then have more stuff out there and that doesn't count the fact that you can go up above all that on what i would call a really nice little boat on top of my big boat you know it's just like you got a whole nother place of of you know refrigerator and seating and you can drive the boat from up there too it's just really these things are kind of nice. Yeah. Really well, I think <laughs> about all of the, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I, <laughs> I think about all of the, you know, the, the, the memes about, oh, you know, the, the FBI, uh, what we're researching for our writing and being aware. And I'm going, um, you know, your, your, your spouse has got to be far more concerned about this than anything else you could be researching. This is the really <laughs> dangerous stuff cost wise. Yes. Like, couldn't you just be boat. researching like forensic, <laughs> you know, uh, blood spatter patterns or something? Boats, they're, they're dangerously expensive. Yes. Yes. So, well, it's so, so expensive that it's not a danger of me getting one. That's good. That's good. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know what they say about the uh, the two greatest days in the uh, the boat owner's life: the day you get your boat and the day you sell your boat. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> my well, folks had that with their rv certainly you know it was yeah. yay we have an rv and yay we got rid of the rv like, <laughs> you know my yeah my folks had an rv for a while and uh they really liked it but i don't think they necessarily i think they'd still probably have it if they could but they also have gotten a little too old for that sort of thing and um the one they had had some leak in it that, that caused mildew that's and, the thing yes and they had it was basically totaled it could be fixed for a while and then some then somebody decided not nah, not worth it yeah yeah for so. my folks it was mildew and it was uh you know rental fees when they weren't using it you know where were they going to park this thing and they were paying each month and oh we're using it less and less over time and finally it was less and less and it was going to require more more and more maintenance and finally we need to get rid of this thing and you know they were saying to my brother and i you know like which of you is going to get this and we're going him i don't yeah. I, I, I don't want this burden you know they, they found somebody who wanted it and we were all very happy that yeah and that's uh in in the my i'm doing a kind of travis mcgee-ish uh uh magnum pi thing with this with this story so like magnum pi lived in a guest house on somebody else's dime my guy's living on a boat on somebody else's dime so that's good because otherwise it's hard for us to identify with the yacht owner yeah <laughs> there's no way no way that i could fathom because i'd have to go into all that stuff care yeah where to, where to keep it when it's, it's winter <laughs> yeah I have a, it's, I have a... it's in chicago so yeah. you know it's lake michigan so i have to it can't sit there the whole time so yeah. i've got to have it yeah so yeah do you dry oh, do folks in chicago dry dock their boats for the winter I believe they do. Yes, I, mean, I would think otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there when it, it froze on the shore, yeah. uh, you know, and pushed up on the sand so that the ice was, you know, three feet off the off the uh, surface of Lake Michigan. Yeah, you would not want a boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they all dry dock them. But this way, I, I, I have the other person handles all those details yes. and I used, uh, I've got a guy in my most recent novel who has a yacht and it's kind of shorthand for douchebag. Like, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not making my guy a douchebag, but, uh, well, he but does, you know, the, the perfectly aware the of the owner's the one who's letting him live on it. That's you know. yeah. Well, and there's a, you know, there's a whole backstory to, to that too, because it's, uh, it's actually a law firm that owns it. It's, I mean, I could go into the weeds on this about how it relates to other books that I've read that have a hard time starting their stories. They have to just make them happen out of nowhere. And it doesn't make sense. If you just give this guy a job, it would make much more sense. Yeah. You know, but they insist on that character not having a job. But since I've linked it into this law firm, it, it allows me to create this situation where the boat makes sense and it has a lot of links to a lot of possible jobs. So yeah. the series yeah, that is, go that's on a good and idea. On. And law firms really do, you know, that kind of thing. I had a friend who uh, was working for a firm in Portland and they just bought, you know, season tickets to everything because yeah. they needed them for their, you know, and so, it, you know, I, I will never sit that close to the trailblazers again as the one game when you know, 
as the junior partner, he got the, this, nobody else wanted the season tickets that night. And uh, we got to have these amazing seats. So yeah, I mean that, that one you can buy. And then you're right. It then plays into, this is why he would be an investigator for them. And this is why they would be associated with this circumstance, this case. So yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's yeah. And, and the, the, the firm's yacht with <laughs> business meetings. It makes sense, you know? Yeah. And so they can take clients out on little tours right. of Lake Michigan. Yeah. Do it's... these things. Again, it's a world that you and I don't live in. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Not yeah, at I think all. I'll just have a yacht for business meetings. Sure. I don't need it most of the time. But it's 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 a thing of like how like Google and stuff is great because I can walk around on the pier that I've put the boat in and see all the sites and describe it because I know I can I don't even have to be there, but I've yeah. seen it all. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, between, really cool. between maps and street view it's so great i can go oh i'm getting the actual street name right and then oh now they're on this corner what does it look like there and go down to street view and actually look yeah. around it's a really handy tool for us folks who cannot afford to visit every place that we write about absolutely yeah yeah oh but we've strayed way too far into writing now oh yeah that's <laughs> right now we're talking process you know that's yeah. <laughs> um so uh What's one thing that's been going on in terms of your career that you want re uh, listeners to know about right now? Oh boy. Um, not, I guess not a ton. Obviously I, I finished something small and uh, I'm obviously still kind of researching boats and things like that. And, you know, I'm still toiling on finishing this, current book but uh otherwise i um haven't really done much in the in the way of career i do a little i do a little side hustle of uh stained glass sometime artwork that's oh that's cool so, so what got uh, you in, how long have you been doing that and what got you into that well i you know for some unknown reason i majored in art in undergrad and i eventually double majored in english and uh, so I'd always done some art and had that foolish notion that that was going to be my uh, uh, source of income. Your day job uh, would be art. <laughs> which yeah, didn't really work out that yeah, way. But I've, I've had some, I got into the stained glass. I had some stuff in galleries here uh, in, in nearby. There's this place called Door County, which if this is the state of Wisconsin, it's this little thumb part that sticks up into, this would be Green Bay. Here's Green Bay, the city, Green Bay, Lake Michigan. Um, okay, it, you're flipped. I was like, this is, okay, got it. Is that, that <laughs> yes. So, okay, so Green Bay, Green Bay City. There we go. Lake Michigan. Now I can see it, yes. Yeah, Milwaukee heading down. And I think the camera may Chicago. flip it around again for YouTube viewers. They'll be like, he was right the first time. <laughs> okay, this is, this is, yes. <laughs> I'll start making weird. I mean, I'm very familiar. I'm from Michigan, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You, do, you know, yep. That's Suddenly we'll be doing all the states with our hands. <laughs> yes, okay, that's... this is New Hampshire. Yes, um... Idaho is just obscene. <laughs> There's no way to do Idaho without flipping people off. Yes. Yes. And we'll just, you'll just blank things over the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know New Hampshire moved like that. Anyway, um, so there's, 
that is a place where there's a lot of art galleries. It's a vacation spot. So people in Chicago and Milwaukee and Green Bay will go up there and they have vacation homes and all this sort of thing. So I have some work up there in a gallery and um, and then more locally, I'm going to put a couple things in around here. And then there's, you know, just shows every now and then like you know this festival or that festival which i can get a booth and maybe do yeah. stuff so i'm i'm kind of ramping up to doing a little more of the stained glass just to have a supply ready for things like that that is very cool and is your stuff um you know particularly abstract or representational or what do you you know what, what would somebody expect to find in a clopton piece um well it varies i have done you know star or sun style things um i've done for other people like uh i i lived in the northwoods here for a while so there's a northwoods theme and so i had a friend who made furniture and so that's we're talking pine trees so i made some pine tree stained glass to go in the furniture um and i've also i worked with a door company that's local here so i oh. made yeah, a full size piece to go in a door. And that was based on their design, which was a just um, just general shapes. It wasn't any particular theme or anything. And then I've done like a, a cross for a, a door in for a church and yeah. stuff like that. So it, it varies on whether if somebody wants something done or whether I'm just doing it. And now I was doing some uh, somebody needed some stars. So I did a few stars for them and I have some left over and I did a sunflower. Um, all of these will be things that I may take to a, this festival type of thing. Yeah. And they're just, they're, you know, they're outside hanging on my trees right now. Cause I'm just testing to see how they do in the weather. Yeah. And uh, I got some spinner type things. So they blow in the wind. I want to see how they, blow in the wind and that sort of thing. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, it's and then I just I have some miscellaneous shape pieces that I did all together that are just basically one foot by two inches. And so they just hang down and they're just, you know, sun catchers, essentially. Yeah. So oh, that's I, I love pieces like that. I, I picked up a, a small one that was a uh, piece of stained glass. Um, with with uh, designed like an eye in Greece, which is this, or I think I might have picked it up in Turkey, but it's this really common design you find in in Greece and Turkey. The the this eye, uh, you know, and it's on blue stained glass, and it's round and hangs, and so yeah, you get all this action in the wind, uh, and yeah. and and you know the the light that comes from that. But yeah, it's 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 great for your, and they're you know they don't tend to be particularly expensive considering. These are made by craftspeople. <laughs> they, no, they, yeah. they're, they're probably undercharging. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is I, I've, you know, looked on Etsy and see what are people charging for roughly same size and that sort of thing. It's surprisingly more than I thought they would. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, because, yeah, that's, you know, that's a talented craftsperson. Not everybody, I could not do this. And, you know, and so that's, yeah, I, I, I hope you are. Uh, getting compensated <laughs> fairly for art, but uh, so rarely that people are fairly compensated for their. Well, their yeah, art. I mean the thing is, is that it it does still. I mean, I, obviously, I know a person who records music and 
how what they go through for selling stuff and and how much they could get it's just and it's just like you know just like the writing and how much work you put into it and how much do you can you sell it for and how much do you make and it's it's that the arts isn't easy <laughs> no, and i think I, I was talking to a group about this and it's because in other fields people don't enjoy the work that they're doing and therefore they are more willing to withhold their labor you know somebody will say i will not do this for you unless i know i'm going to be compensated fairly and we're idiots and we say <laughs> oh, I make this for free i love this cre active creation and so there's nobody saying you know we're going on strike and we're not writing any books for the next five years you know <laughs> like yeah. and so we don't have that the ability to say you do value this thing you should compensate people you know but uh yeah we we, we flood the market with the uh the stuff we're willing to make because we love it um and undermine our own power in that way but and it, and instead, all the people get mad at because you're not producing fast enough. Right. Like, well, <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and that's one of the things that I that that's been a, a real learning for me in terms of the company is, you know, we put these artificial uh, pressures on ourselves where we're saying, I know, I know, I need to come out with a book next year. I need to have a, the next book in the series, or people are going to be angry, and I have to remind authors like there are series where. A book came out and then 17 years later, the sequel came out and I still bought it. <laughs> it didn't, yeah. you know, dissuade me. I wasn't, you know, going, oh, Stephen King, you didn't come out with book two until many, many years. Like, you know, and so the, there is not that the pressure is one we put on ourselves to say, I want the next one to come out. But it doesn't really, uh, you know, readers will follow you to, uh, to the next book. Um, it so feel that, free to write Super Guy Three. People will still buy it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like um, I'm kind of uh, a I'm I'm kind of not like that. Like like I said, I don't write all the time anyway, and so I I remember being at a party once, and it was in in Door County actually, and there was a woman there who was an artist, and she was just saying I I just don't feel good if or good about myself if I'm not producing, I've got to express and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm like, I'm not like that at all. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I will do it if I have to something to do, if I have a need to do it, you know, if I have a deadline, if someone wants to buy something, I will make the piece for them. Yeah. But I'm not sitting around just making anything because I feel like I need to express myself. That's yeah not the way yeah, I work. And it's, you know, and, and, you know, I honor the folks who are that way where they're, you know, going, I have to do this. Uh, I, I am a, a workaholic, but it manifests in different ways where I'm going, okay, I've got, if I'm, in fact, my own writing often is backseat so that I'm going, okay, I got to do all this publishing company stuff. And my family has to say, you could just stop, you know, but, but it's not that compulsion to, you know, get the next novel out, you know, every, every year or whatever, <laughs> my next one's coming out and it will have been four years. And I've heard it first from some folks, you know, what, oh, really? yeah. four years between books. Yeah. It takes, it takes a while. Um, but uh, I saw this great exchange this last week on the app formerly known as Twitter, where uh, uh, somebody was criticizing John Scalzi for not writing uh, enough each day. And Scalzi's got tons of great books out, but he writes. I remember that. Yeah, he writes, you know, that. a couple hours a day. And then Neil Gaiman jumped in in his defense and said, I wrote Coraline at, I think he said an hour a day. <laughs> like, you know, 
He said 50 words a night. That's what it was. Yes. 50 yeah. words a night. You don't have to feel compelled to, you know, I mean, there that that is certainly a model that works for, you know, your Stephen Kings who sit down and write 4,000 words a day. I am not ever going to be that person. Like No, no. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's great if you want to do that. And that's how, how you go about it. But the, you know, the, I have always felt that, that, you know, there's plenty of people who are writing 4,000 words a day and they're not worth reading maybe. Right. So it's not, it's just, it's not about how much you can write or how long you write in a day. It's whether you're getting something that is worth, you know, putting out there. Well, and we were talking about, you've got this novella, you know, and sometimes a story tells us how long it's going to be. And, you know, if you're saying I must write 4,000 words a day and so I'm going to write 4,000 words of fluff, like that's not what the story may call for. It's, I would much rather read somebody who said, I felt really compelled to rewrite this short story or even this piece of flash fiction. This is what needed to come out today. It's going to, you know, have that feeling of kind of the integrity of the story rather than I had to turn it into a 300 page book. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be a lot of garbage. So, well, and that's the thing is like, do I look at the, novella and say well if i add twenty thousand more words yeah but, i mean i'm i'm trying to think well ah, that's i'm gonna really have to shoehorn something in and super expand and that's what i remember people talking about the whole trilogy thing with with these big book publishers who you, they get that first book that's really good and then maybe there's the sequel and that's all the person wants but the publishers want three books because that sells three books and so the, they end up taking the second book and pushing most of it into the third and then fluffing out the second book and it's I, why so many of these are not that good i don't yeah i don't i don't want i don't want to make enemies i'm looking at the book on my my shelf that i'm thinking of when i think of that where the first one was so good and the second one was so terrible and it was because somebody had said, stretch this thing out. The first one was a hit, that's kind of a surprise hit. You have to produce a sequel. And the sequel's just garbage because, and you yeah. could tell they were saying, stretch this thing into as many iterations as you can because everyone's a check for you. And boy, it's, yeah, you know, the, the integrity of the book was lost. Like this. Yeah. You know, and 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 it diminished the first one. Making that second one, uh, you know, my my feelings toward the first one are like, oh yeah, I really loved that first book, and boy, that second one was so awful that it left a bad taste in my mouth. Well, it's interesting because you get into the people who, you know, conceive of their writing as a trilogy, and that's all good, well and good, and I know it's super popular to do, and I, you know, you almost feel like you're an outcast because I'm, I'm not writing this as a trilogy, but then you get that situation where my friend specifically who reads a lot of books, he, he hates this when he says that that wasn't a whole story. That first book wasn't a whole story. That second book wasn't a whole story. I mean, it's just they're very disappointed book by book because they don't, yeah, write a whole story because yep. they know they're going to that second book and they just it's it can be very disappointing for the reader if you don't handle that whole thing well. Yeah, well, and I, I acknowledge I'm so I'm, I'm working on my first trilogy and I very much did the Star Wars model. The first one stands alone. The second one's to be continued. The third one is <laughs> he wraps it all up. <laughs> you know, like the second one will leave people going 
and you know uh but uh but you know but the then you're gonna one, feel like you're you're gonna have to get that third one out fast it, i absolutely <laughs> already i've heard from people you can't wait four years on the third and I'm like, oh, no, don't worry it will not be four years for the third one you're but, putting that pressure but, on I, yourself i have created this artificial <laughs> pressure yes but uh yeah that one and that one because the second one ends to be continued i'm really excited about the third like yeah so i hopefully i can still carry that energy into the third i you know i've i've already made really good progress on it because i'm excited about where the story is going in fact it was hard to stop working on the third and do all the editing that was necessary on the second to get it you know got it back from the editors and i was like i really do need to do my edits rather than just write the third which is so much fun you know yeah but uh yeah that's uh do, did you overlap this is not maybe a little too much process but did you overlap on the writing of super guy 2 while you were still in the edits of uh of super guy uh the, the first super guy uh not at all super so guy totally the first one was yeah done for a long time and then i you know whatever edits that i did before it was published and then i then i started writing the next ones super guy i you know i i i have a bias and you know i don't, I don't want to sway folks out but i love two two is so funny and so i just you know, like want to encourage everybody read the first one read the second one. i mean maybe maybe you'll disagree maybe people out there will like super guy the, the first one uh, more but i think two is hilarious so uh, it's it's all the other characters that get introduced are so great so yeah i hope folks will check that out part of it is is that the way that that writing went was like, uh, you know, Super Guy, w the first one was a long process with, you know, going over it, sending it out, getting it rejected, rewrites or editing and all that. And then when I sit down for Super Guy 2, I'm just sitting down and I'm writing Super Guy 2. And it yeah. was just all in one take, easy flow. And I think that's why it sits so well as a, you know, one piece yeah. and it works so well. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a really fun book. I hope folks will will grab a copy because it's it's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, where can listeners find you uh, when you are not uh, you know online? Um, you know the the best place is Instagram. It's I I I do have the thing formerly called Twitter uh, and Facebook, but I'm really not on those much because they just seem like horrible places to be. And so I've kind of settled on Instagram, hoping it will not go that route either. But uh, just search for Kurt Clopton. There's, you know, I there's not a lot of Kurt Cloptons out there. It's yeah, and I'll, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, find me. Excellent. And oh, I, I, what is in your uh, to be read pile? What's something that you're looking forward to checking out? Um, at the moment, I have a. I've been rereading this series uh, of Lovejoy books. They're older. Um, they did a series uh, back in the back in the eighties, early nineties, maybe with uh, uh, on A and E of of it, and it has Ian McShane in it, which you might know from uh, more stuff now because he's yeah. really famous now, but. Uh, um american gods and that sort of that yeah, show Tombstone. yeah and so i've been reading those and it's been really interesting i've just gotten into i reread re the beginning of the series and now i've got into books i never read so it's just a it's a really interesting series to read in a couple different ways 
in that it is, uh, there are things in it where I go, why is that in there? You shouldn't have written that. <laughs> and, what the, what's the genre? It, it, well, he's an ant, it's kind of mystery, but he's an antique stealer. So it ver it goes, it's all about antiques and, and, you know, then fake antiques and stealing antiques and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's, uh, it's for, for, uh, for an author, for a writer, especially writing a series, they will find it very weird because the first book has, um, the story and in, at the end of the story, his car and his house, which is this beat up cottage, get destroyed in a fire. And and he has a couple of main characters in that. The next book, the car is back, the cottage is back. It's like it never happened. It's just like he just did a reset and ignored wow. any any of that stuff and just kept on going. It's never talked about. It's never, never addressed. No, never addressed. That's and I was weird. just like, yeah, it, I just was amazed by that. And it's just, and then there's other characters because you, you think these characters are going to come back. Like the, the woman who's the rich married woman who he's kind of having an affair with and she's kind of supporting him because he always doesn't have money. And yet every other book ends with him finding some antique treasure and he's got to be rich now. But right. by the next book, he's eating just a frying up toast because he's got no food and no money and he ne it's never addressed all this stuff just keeps resetting there's another new rich woman who's helping him out and it's just i just find it so interesting that he did this that yeah. he just went along without worrying about any kind of it's, it's not really a series it's like here i've got this great character and all of these stand alone but are all about him yeah, like, well, and then he will have some characters that are, you know, other antiques dealers that he'll mention, and they'll be in various books, but who he decides to just write about, it's almost like you think he wrote them out of order, and he, oh. they were published out of order, except they really weren't. But then again, I found one part where it was, where he literally, at the end of the book, is going to get on a plane to go to California, yet the next book takes place in London. And then the book after that, California. It's like somehow they decided they were going to stick another book in there. Made that no sense is, to me. That is interesting. Yeah. And it's not a, you know, publishing company like error. Like we put these out in the wrong yeah. order. It's just, no, it's these, just, these jump around. Yeah. And then, you know, probably the biggest thing and, and the big minus of it, and you'll find these obviously with older books that they aren't very you know, up to date on how people should be handled. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. There's the, super uncomfortable moments where you're like, <laughs> yes, oh, yes. this is, this is the, racism the or this is sexism. The sexism, I find oh, the sexism yes. even is like worse. Like, you know, I, I shouldn't, I'm not saying sexism is worse than racism, but in the older text, the sexism is so blatant. Uh, yeah. You're just like, what? This was allowed? <laughs> like, this, well, and this is the thing is like, okay, uh, He's, he probably started writing these in the late 70s or so. And so uh, so early on, he, he clocks a woman, as he puts it. And I'm like, okay, did I read that right? Because he, he used some other word, but yeah, that's what he just did. And so I'm immediately like looking up, when was this published? Yeah. And who decided that was okay? Plus, as a decision as, as a writer, 
you just had your main character, your lovable guy, hit somebody. Right. And not, you know, and not in a good way, not like fighting the bad guys. Right. You had him hit somebody. Right. So why did you think that was going to, how was that going to make him look good? And like, I figured that, okay, this has got to disappear as the books go along. Literally the one I'm reading right now, published 1992, he clocked somebody. Yeah. And he, he literally knocked her out and then he just waited around for her to wake up again. And I was like, why would you put that in your book? Yeah, but it's the whole <laughs> how straight to the moon, like this was socially acceptable. And I think it, it's worth for, you know, <laughs> you know, cishet white guys to look at that and go, whoa, this is the, you yeah. know, this is, this is what the society came from that, you know, you and I could just be unaware of, like, you know, growing up in the 90s. I would, I don't know that I would have been. Would we have read right over that? Yeah, we would have just read right over it and gone, oh yeah, okay, people do that. Like, and now I'm like, that's appalling. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I, but I, I almost wonder, I mean, would we have read right over that in 1992? Because. 92 seems late. That seems really late. Yes, that's exactly where I was. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. Plus the fact that it, it doesn't help the story. It doesn't forward, you know, move the story along in any way. And it also has the effect of this lovable main character you're making look like that. A total dirtbag. Well, I wonder if the author, from the author's perspective, it was characterization. Like, isn't he cool? Isn't he, you know, and we're reading it going, uh, no, no, that's not okay. No, that's not, <laughs> not okay at all. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I, I can only think that the author thought this helps people understand what a cool guy he is because he you know, does this kind of thing, you know, I think it's yeah. that, that mentality. Or just, or just viewed it as this isn't such a big deal that yeah. this happens, but it shouldn't happen. Should it? That's I mean, wild. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, And I, I expected, you know, as I was reading through the series that this stuff would just disappear. Yeah. But who's your editor that doesn't say, well, can't we just take that out? Because it's right. it's a tiny little bit. It means nothing in the in the context of the story. But for me, it means a ton right because it yeah we're now guy... going oh i'm never gonna forget <laughs> that he did that like that's you know yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, you've scarred me that character is now uh very different in my mind yeah but yeah so it, it's like it's almost like i'm reading it in a just a different way just uh i don't know like uh i i can't you know can't think of the right word but in it almost a sociological experiment of, yeah why is this guy writing this this way and why does he continue to write it this way is he being stubborn is anyone telling him not to is he just an idiot i don't know (laughs) yeah well or you know i mean is he a misogynist now or was he just you know that was the misogyny that was acceptable at that time and you know but yeah it it does make me wonder like does he still think that's okay Well, I mean, yeah, now he's now he's dead, so it doesn't I mean, matter. You know, but, yeah, that, the, the problem <laughs> that takes care of that. Itself in that yes, way. but it's also like, you know, was he at, at all like that? I mean, was he actually right. like that, or did he, for whatever reason, think that that's what this character had to be like, or even though it doesn't he, work? You know, or, or I mean, once it becomes so systemic, did he think readers would like it? Like, did he think yeah. I better have, you know, I I think this is terrible behavior, but the readers love it when the guy smacks somebody and we're going, you know, so maybe the, the culture shifted under his feet and he really well, was it, writing for an audience that he thought would enjoy that. 
And it's almost uh, in some of the ways, it's almost like when when the woman starts to become too, you know, too argue, argumentative or problematic. And so he's just he clouts her as yeah. the, he, he puts it. And it's like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you that's not good <laughs> because I don't think any of us are going to like that character if he's doing yeah, that can't you just you, say you know, that character has now become unlikable to me it's like you know harming yeah. children animals and you know like no that's it i i, it, I can't forgive that and move on you know and it's and it's this yeah it's this whole character that is written interestingly and stuff and and it's like i remember you know even on the the book cover you know Sh chicago sun times who loves this lovable rogue of a character and stuff like do you did yeah. you read this part yeah, yeah I, I, that is a good point i wonder if you know like as as we blurb things like are we going i said this was great 20 years ago um um I yeah that? Uh, i'm embarrassed to have said what a wonderful character a lovable rogue <laughs> yeah it's just this yeah i mean it's just that whole that whole cliche of you know slapping the woman to get right. her to come to her senses or whatever and it's like that's no that's not <laughs> age well oh. <laughs> and it's it's just i just find it so interesting that that's in there and it i just i keep reading them to see how long does this persist does he yeah. keep doing this stuff? I mean, well, um, and it sounds like in that series, because there's no necessary reflection between one book and the next, there's n never going to be a, a time when the character has to say, boy, you know, the way I used to treat people was you know, unacceptable. <laughs> like there's not long term character growth. You can go. And then I got on a plane to California and never showed up in California. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teleported to London. The end. And then I found all this gold. And somehow right. by the next book, it's all gone. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be that's what happening in between is the harassment lawsuits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the unknown story. Yes. <laughs> That that lawsuit was so boring. We decided not to tell that part of the story because he keeps slapping people. <laughs> then I did time for assault. That's not interesting. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, it it'll. It's just I find it. I just find it really interesting, and it's uh, just yeah. It's it, it's it, it's a little related to the Travis McGee books, the John D. McDonald Travis McGee books. I don't know if you've ever read them, but no. um, you know he's not you know he started writing in kind of the same probably 60s up through 86 or so so there's a little bit of machoism in there let's say not you know there's no hitting of women like this guy did or anything like that but there's the man's sexual exploits that will make the woman whole again sort of yeah. concept that is just like really yeah. <laughs> but um you know it's it's like that is that is you can almost like read it and say okay this was from the 60s this right. was a certain time i can almost i can look past it but the whole get into the 90s and still be clouting women still doing it yeah i mean i so i teach a, a sci-fi lit class and the the you know the, there's nothing where anybody's doing anything that you know uh, obvious but there's this kind of pernicious all the all the protagonists are male characters and the women need to be 
protected. They need to be, you know, separated from whatever danger. And, you know, and then the men are, you know, the ones charging in. Uh, and, and you know, that is in and of itself, like, I think it's worth bringing into the classroom and talking about this was just accepted. And it would have seemed wild to readers to have the, you know, the 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 couple both go charging off to confront the aliens together like they, they yeah. would not have even imagined that and so you know it's it's i think it's worth doing that kind of sociological reading to say what does this also reveal about that the author wasn't consciously trying to comment on they were just going oh what this is life this is the way it is we do this like yeah whoa <laughs> yeah and i i i remember that because i i read i recently read like two or three classics just because and I don't know exactly which one it was the kind of invasion of the body snatchers one. I don't even remember. It's, it escapes me that the author and whatever, but it's one of the super well-known authors and just in all of these, the writing of women was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Just terrible. It was, it's like, I don't understand how you can't just, I mean, there's a simple, there's a simple way to write a woman and that's just, write a normal person how you want them to write the character you want to write and she's just happens to be a woman right a full human being with motives and yeah yeah yeah. it's it's really kind of simple if you don't overdo it and then if you know women i mean i think that's part of it is these the, the the society was divided enough that these guys were like I don't really know women's inner lives at all because I don't talk to them. <laughs> I don't talk to them. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the deal. And it, and one of the characters in this book goes from okay, she's they're both like you know agents in this group, and she's you know one badass agent, and all this is up until suddenly, and I didn't really notice they're in love. Yeah, and and then what? She's kind of retired now. Yes. Yeah. Like she can't do her job anymore because that's, and now yeah. he's just going to go save the world. Yeah. I was just like, really? <laughs> this yeah. is, that's she, what we're she doing. She gave up huh? on her entire career because she fell in love with him <laughs> and that was considered okay. Like, yeah, that's. And, and, and the author thought that that would be her motivation. You yeah. know, like she still wouldn't want to actually, oh, this, this big bad thing's still going on. I still need to save the world. Right. <laughs> but but her, her motivation was apparently to, she was unaware that her motivation was to, you know, find, find love and, and retire. Like, yeah. Go, go home and get the house in order. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's, yeah. No, that, and, and so we, yeah, we'll talk about that in a, you know, classroom and the kids are going, this is wild. And it, it is interesting because you and I, you know, talk about like, this was still happening in the 90s. And for us, that's crazy. And the kids are like, of course it was. The 90s is ancient history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for yeah. them, they're like, that was, that was, you know, 10 years before I was born. Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that was the ancient times. Was, weren't they, weren't they still writing on cave walls in the early The 90s? way before yeah. days. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to ask you, what's your suggestion for a guest I should get on the show? Um, I, you know, I, I haven't even read the book, but it was, it's a new book that I just got in my hands on because I bought it. It's a, a friend of a friend. I I think the friend I know, uh, we were both in this friend's wedding. So this, this guy who is his best man, I think, uh, wrote a book and, um, it's called his name is Michael Weber. It's called The New Apprentice. It's a YA book. Um, I it's funny. I mean, I 
I got it because I like to support the people right. I know who write books because um, I know how tough it is to make yeah. anything at doing it and get any kind of appreciation for for doing it. But uh, I don't even I don't really read YA, but I got it anyway. And I, I will eventually crack it open. But of course, as we all have these big reading, well, yeah. the TBR piles, <laughs> it's it's nuts. But um, I would say, you know, maybe consider uh seeing about him it's his first book he there's some art in it and he did all the drawings and, oh cool and so uh you know you, you may, may want to check it out and yeah uh, and see what uh see what it's all about yeah i'll reach out that would be absolutely so and and i'll you know i'll, I'll drop your name that'll, that'll, that'll help. <laughs> he'll go who yeah <laughs> <laughs> never heard of him yeah <laughs> Okay, but well, I, I I was going to suggest also you know Dave Grohl wrote a book of the Foo Fighters uh, you know well and you that's could, the way that I'll get Weber is I'll say look uh, you know Mr Weber or Mr Grohl I'm willing to have either of you and consider you to be peers well and, you know equals and he'll be like I'm in <laughs> you know Dave Dave had a conflict so I need to fill this spot. Yeah. So, yeah. Michael, could you do it? Yeah, I'll be like, oh, fine. I'll be. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'll try and get them both. Why not? You know, that'd be great. Maybe yeah. we'll do the show together. That would be interesting for everyone concerned. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> if you get Dave Grohl, I'm going to be on that. Yes, okay, deal. <laughs> he is, have you seen some interviews with him? He is the nicest guy, and he's funny. Oh, like, yeah, completely great yeah. to get on. He's a very nice guy. That's that's why, you know, out of all these people, he, he, I could see him showing up and doing yeah. it <laughs> yeah okay well I'll, I'll reach out to both at the same time on, you know, on, <laughs> yeah. on the, the the app formerly known as twitter and say okay you two i've, I've heard that it'd be fun to have you on and they're like who's this other person i'm in this tweet with that's <laughs> like <laughs> apparently your best friends now and you need to both be on the show yeah um Okay, so before we get to our send-off, I need to thank some folks. Uh, thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song, the song I Prefer the Dusk. Uh, let Max know you like it by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland with three Ds. Thanks to Halizna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band, you'd like your song used on the show, I'd love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song, so email that to me. Um, thanks to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. We didn't get into kurt's beef with doug that might have been uncomfortable and doug has the power to edit and so uh you know we're, we're keeping everything well, peaceful, but there was a deal made between me and him that i would not have to hear him or see him on this podcast yes so honoring that we'll we'll, we'll see what he does with the editing watch yourself doug we're yeah we'll <laughs> see you know because that's a lot of power the producer has so uh know. you know we'll see how that plays out um I know where he lives, though. Yeah, it's true, too. <laughs> uh, I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing, so please go to notapipepublishing.com. Check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. If you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Kurt's Super Guy duology. Tell a friend about it. So great. Um, and even a very short review, single click on that fifth star, makes a huge difference to authors. So if you have three minutes, make Kurt's day. Uh, I'm too old to tell you smash that like button for this show, but if you gently tap on it an odd number of times, that would be really helpful. <laughs> um, so uh, this, you know, as we move into this next week, we want to give you three pieces of advice. Uh, Kurt, what's your advice for everybody for this next week? Uh, lists are for losers, short lists, doubly so. And I agree and would add... <laughs> 
<laughs> book without spaces would be gibberish and our lives need spaces too so don't ignore the spaces and third no matter how much you procrastinate we're still proud of you if I take my time